Lord, you do love us. So many people in the world and even some of the church don't realize how much. I think, would I give my son for people that were lost and my enemies? And I would have to say no. But you said, yes, I'll send my son, even to my enemies that hate me. And you did it anyway. Blessed be your holy name for the great love. Mankind here on earth, they describe love in so many different ways, which, which they're so different from your love. Your love is agape. Even though we try to, uh, try to have agape love, Lord, we can't even come close to what agape means. Unpretentious, unconditional love. Even though you're my enemy, I give my life for you, that you might spend eternity with me. Blessed be the name of the Lord. You are so fantastic, awesome. I, there is, could, isn't a name to describe you, Father, for the great love you had for us and the great love that your son, Jesus, closing yourself, clothing yourself with flesh, coming down here to be beat on, punched in the face, whipped with a cat of nine tail, and he insulted, blasphemed, nailed to a cross, stuck with a spear and crowned with thorns, and stuck into a tube. But you defeated death there by death. Your death defeated death. And now we can all live and we praise your holy, holy name. All those that put their trust in you. What will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his soul? Lord, we here at Freedom Church, we're not forfeiting our soul. We're giving ourselves to you. We want the world to know it. Wherever this message is preached, that they would understand this and they would receive your great love, Jesus Christ, the indescribable gift that comes down from you, the Father of lights. We love you, Lord, with all of our heart. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You may be seated, church. For those online that just tuned in, we welcome you. We have a whole new audience now, and I, I thank the Lord for that. Um, you're listening to Freedom Church at the Palm Beaches, and we're glad you're here. If you're local, we're at 2810 High Paluxo Road, just a quarter mile west of I-95 in Lantana, Florida, which is the north border of Boynton Beach and the south border of Lantana. We're only a quarter mile west. So if you're local, hop on I-95, go up to High Paluxo Road, go west. You know, a quarter mile, and we're on the right-hand side. You don't have to do it today, but you can do it next week or the week after. Or if you're not, just tune into our website, you know, freedomchurchpb.org, and we'll be there next Sunday, 10 o'clock, and uh, you can tune in to us. So we're, we're glad you're here. Um, you know what? Those songs were beautiful. I even wrote down some of the lyrics to it. Like a bride, and this is me. And I know this a lot of the people, or if not all the people in this church, like a bride waiting for a groom. Can you imagine that? Think back, you brides. But even I'm a bride, even though I'm a male. I'm going to be a bride of Christ, you know, even though I'm a male. You know, like a bride waiting for her groom, we will be a church ready for you. Are we ready? Are we really ready if he comes back today? If you hear that trumpet sound, that shofar that's back here, if you hear that shofar blow, are you ready? We need to be ready. You know, like a bride waiting for a groom, we'll be a church ready for you. Every heart longing for a king. Man, I get up here every week and during the week, I just can't wait till the Lord comes back. 
Even so, come, Lord Jesus. Now, we wait for you because you're coming soon. Now, the world don't realize this, but Jesus is coming back. You know, even a lot of the churches in America and around the world don't realize Jesus is coming back. He's coming back in a different way. He came as a humble servant to, to be crucified, dead, buried, and risen for you to have eternal life. But he's coming again. Oh, he's coming as a conquering king. He's going to be a, on a right white stallion in the clouds, and he's going to have a sword coming out of his mouth, uh, you know, slicing down all his enemies that hate him. And if you ever read the Bible, you know about uh, Armageddon, you know, you, you're going to find out that this is true. He don't have a real literal sword. He has the word of God. The word of God is the sword of the Spirit. You know what? When I thought of that, even though Liz and I were married several years ago, I thought, I thought when, when the ceremony was over and the people came up to congratulate us, many of the people that I really loved and respected, they expected me to say something, and I was so full of joy, <laughs> I couldn't even speak. I tried to speak, and a lot of them would say, don't worry about it, Joe, I know what you're, you're experiencing. I couldn't even speak for the joy. And you know what? When the Lord comes back, and you see him in all his mighty glory with the angels and the saints that have already departed, will you be able to speak? Will you? Will you be dancing, you know, like this imagine, I can only imagine song goes. Will you bow on your, on your knees? Will you throw your face to the ground? You don't know how you're going to react, but I know me. I'm not going to be able to speak. I'm going to be like, oh, there he is. Do you love with Jesus that much? We need more. We need more. Thank you, Jesus. We love you with all of our heart. <laughs> For those that just tuned in, this is Freedom Church in the Palm Beaches. I'm Pastor Joe Trapani. We're glad you're here. Come on down and see us. We're a full gospel, Bible-believing church. We don't tickle your ears with subtle messages. We teach what the Word of God says and uh, with power and authority of the Holy Spirit. And you know what? If you don't agree with God's Word, you're wrong, and He's right. Just remember that. It's, that's easy. Anyway, you can go online, you can look at our, find out what we believe in, you can find our address, you can find our list of ministries, you can watch past services, you can even donate online should you want, want to. And we're here every Sunday at 10 a.m., so tune in again or come on by. If you tune in next week, why don't you invite your neighbors or your children or, you know, you know your relatives over to have church service where they, where they can see uh, people that are madly in love with Jesus Christ. Um, if you want to talk to me personally, you can go to my email. It's joe at freedomchurchpb.org. I'll just add joe at in front of freedomchurchpb.org, and you can find out about us. You can, If you want to talk, my cell number and the church number is all wrapped into my cell number here, 561-601-1130. And tune in next week at 10 a.m. And men, if you're local, we have a Bible study here every Saturday at 10 at 9 a.m. It's a great time. We're usually here until about 10:30, and the guys sometimes just hang around and and talk about the Lord and how great He is, you know, until noon sometimes, or even way even past that. You know, uh, we'd rather be with the King of Kings if we could. Um, 
So for uh, that's about it. I do want to say to the new people that tuned in, I have written a book. It's in the back for anybody here. They're free to take, but we would like a donation if you could. It was very expensive to get it published. The church did not do it. My wife and I did it ourselves um, because I didn't want the pressure on the church, you know, uh, but um, it's back there. If you if you have anybody that you know, think we need one, you could take it. You can leave a donation if you want. If you're out there in the air, if you just uh, email me or call my number, I'll get you the book somehow, or you can send in a small donation if you want, and uh, I'll send it to you. Um, so it's here. It's published in this magazine, which is Christian Book Buyer's Guide. You know, I've been looking at a Christian store thing, too, to see if it's in there, but we're on page 40, which is a good number. <laughs> 40. So it's about uh, freedom. It's called About Face. The Lord told me over 10 years ago to, to um, write this book. He gave me the eight chapters almost immediately, and it took 10 more years to get it out. <laughs> A lot happened in those 10 years. But I'll tell you what, I think it hits market, hits the church at the right and the appropriate time. Because we have forgotten that we are soldiers of Christ, and we just forget about you know, that uh, we are soldiers. And a good soldier of Christ wants to please his captain. Our captain is Jesus. And he's not on R&R. &R. He's not on rest and relaxation. He's out there doing work, like Matt did in Brazil, who's coming up here shortly to give you a report, a missions report, and Brett from this church also that is over in Egypt right now preaching the gospel. It's important. You know, so we got to wake up. I remember my kids 30, 45 years ago. Onward, Christian soldier, marching out to war with the cross of Jesus going on before. And other Christian songs like that. But the church has forgotten. You are a soldier of Christ. You don't even get involved in the affairs of this world, but you, you look towards Jesus. And that is 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 3 and 4. So, uh, with no further ado, I'd like to invite Matt up here. He's going to give us a mission report on um, what he spent six months in, in Brazil for a mission that God called him to, to uh, go to. And, you know, you at the church supported him, and we thank you for that. Pastor Joe. Thank you. Lord, I want to pray for Matt right now, Lord, before the congregation, before those over the Internet, Lord, that you anoint him with your... He's already anointed, but anoint him for a special teaching, Lord, and, and uh, ministry that he's going to give to the church and report to what they have done by their prayers, by their financial giving, and uh, how they used this guy, this young man, Lord, and also prepared him for the future, Lord, for what it is that you are going to have him do. So, Lord, bless the word that comes forth in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Thanks, Amen. Pastor Joe. You're welcome, Matt. Good morning, everyone. So as Pastor Joe said, uh, I want to share with you today um, about this most recent time that I spent in Brazil. As most of you know, I was in Brazil from February to July doing missions work. And today I'm, I'm back and I want to tell you about it. So let me just start uh, by telling you a little bit about what we're doing today like this will be a little different than maybe what we normally do because normally 
were going through books of the Bible, uh, preaching and teaching, and focusing more on that. Um, but we're going to do something a little bit different today as I share with you. So I want to give you the purpose of that. So in the book of Acts, chapter 13, the Holy Spirit called Paul and Barnabas on a missionary journey. I don't know if you guys remember that. Did anybody read that? Yeah, you remember that? I see Pastor Joe said, yeah. <laughs> so in the book of Acts, the Holy Spirit, he spoke to the church and he said, set apart for me Paul and Barnabas for the work to which I've called them. And so he calls these men, Paul and Barnabas, uh, he sends them out. They were sent out by both the Holy Spirit and the church to preach the gospel and to bring Jesus to new cities and places where he wasn't known yet, where the message of Christ had not been preached yet, and where there was no Christian church. And so if you want to know more about that journey and some details of that, you can read it in the book of Acts, chapter 13 and 14. But we see at the end of chapter 14, they complete this missionary journey, and they return to the church that originally sent them out. In Acts 14, verse 26, it says that from Italia they sailed back to Antioch. That was the city where uh, the church where they came from was. It says, so they sailed back to Antioch where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work that they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all that God had done through them. So in a similar way, you guys, Freedom Church, you sent me out to Brazil. I went on this journey. I completed the journey. And now I'm back here to report to you guys all that God has done, just as uh, Paul and Barnabas reported to the church all that God has done through them. So this is what we're going to be doing today. Today I want to give you a report of all the amazing things that God has done during this time while I was in Brazil. And I want to tell you specifically what was accomplished and what the fruit of that is and potentially will be in the future. But there's a further purpose that I would like to accomplish today. I don't want to just tell you all these cool stories or give you an update about what happened, but I'm hoping and praying that there's a result and an outcome to this report. So later on in the book of Acts, Paul visited another church in the city of Jerusalem. It says this in Acts 21, 17. It says, when, when we arrived at Jerusalem, the brothers and the sisters received us warmly. The next day, Paul and the rest of us went to see James, and the elders were present. Paul greeted them and reported in detail. See another report. He reported in detail what God had done among the Gentiles through his ministry. When they heard this, they praised God. So Paul gives this report of what God had done in these other places, in these other people, through his ministry. And when the church heard about it, they praised and glorified God. And that's the result that I'm hoping and praying will happen today. That today we will hear about these things. I'll give this report and we're going to hear what happened and glorify and praise God together for the wonderful things he's done during this time in Brazil. Um, today I'm going to need to talk a little bit about some of the ways that, that God used me personally because I was personally and physically the one there 
Um, but that's a little bit, to be honest, it's a little bit awkward for me. I don't like to talk about myself, and I especially, I don't want you to feel like I'm boasting about myself. And I wanted to be clear that I'm not saying any of these things that I say today to boast about myself or to bring glory to myself. In fact, I don't really feel that I can, can or, or should take credit for the success of this mission or the good things that happen in this mission. In fact, I want to tell you guys right now up front that this was actually a really hard time for me. It was by far the most difficult mission I've ever done by far and possibly one of the hardest seasons of my life. Um, I didn't feel very strong there, and I almost gave up several times. Like, not that I just thought about giving up, but I was looking at plane tickets. When can I change my flight to come back? Many times, um, several days, I woke up and, and thought, oh, I wish I never came here. But God was really faithful. He brought me through this time, and he gave success and victory. God was constantly encouraging me through the students, through other people there. And I just kept getting this word from God, be strong, be strong. Joshua 1.9, have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous, don't be afraid, do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. One of my, my students there actually gave me that verse as, I, as she was praying over me. Um, and so so strong was this this word like personally I would I would hear from God to be strong I would hear from other people God says be strong here's the scripture that says be strong and so uh, so much so many times like this word was repeated to me that actually for uh, a week or two I had left our mission base to go to another city and do some other things there and when I came back I came back to my room and my roommate had drawn on the wall a map of the world with the words be strong in both Portuguese and English. He put Portuguese on his side of the room and English on mine, be strong. So God was continually encouraging me. Um, I remember another time, I just, I just want to tell you these things so you know of the faithfulness of God. Um, another time I, I was with one of the ladies who uh, was at our mission base. She's, a, she's a, been a missionary for many years. And I was just opening up to her and saying, you know, I'm really having a difficult time today. I'm really struggling. And so she prayed over me, and she was praying, like, very fervently, praying. She actually started praying in tongues. And she just stopped the prayer, and she said, wait, stop. She, said, she told me, stand up. She said, I just saw a vision of you. And there were two angels holding up your arms on each side, and they're carrying you through this time. And you know, many people sometimes claim to have visions and see angels in these things. And, and you know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't know if that's, is that really from God or is this person crazy? But, but I really believe with all my heart that this vision was from God because that's what it felt like. I had come to the end of my own strength and my own ability to accomplish this work but somehow God continued to carry me through God used me in my weakness and he used actually my own weaknesses he took my weaknesses turned them around and used them to accomplish his work and his purpose there I'm going to tell you some stories about that later 
but I say again all that because I want you to know that everything that was accomplished in this time was not because I'm great or I'm strong was not by my own strength and it's not to bring myself glory but it's God's strength it's God who did the work it's God who made it successful and it's God who gets the glory amen furthermore he didn't just use me he used you guys too because you are my sending church you prayed for me you supported me you sent me out you gave me the finances that I needed to be able to to live and to survive there while I do this work. Um, and many, many times, uh, many people from here encouraged me, especially Pastor Joe. Every week we would we would talk on the phone, which was really amazing. And most of the times it a lot of times it was me saying, oh, I don't know, Pastor Joe, something that I'm depressed. I don't know if I can do this. And Pastor Joe, and you know, of course, he has the the soldier background. Uh, he's a Vietnam vet, if you don't know. So he said, "Come on, like stand up, soldier. You know, keep going. Give me encouragement. Pray together." So really, this was not just something that I did. I want that to be clear. It is something that God used all of us to do and to accomplish in Brazil. But again, that's not to bring ourselves glory or not to give ourselves the credit. But I want you to hear this report and simply just rejoice and praise God. Thank him for using us in the way that he did and leave this place glorifying him. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's clear. Amen. Okay. All right. So there's your introduction for today. Um, so here we go. I want to give you first a general overview of just the things that we did and, and what was accomplished. Um, so before I left, if you remember, I think most of you were here, some of you were not. But before I left, I came here just like this. This was back in January. And I gave a, a message and a presentation and I told you what I was going to be doing in Brazil. So I went back to those notes and I'm gonna go through some of those points and I wanna tell you how it played out, like did it had happened and what did God do? So the first thing generally that I told you was that I would be going to a city called Goiania in Brazil to work with a missionary organization called YWAM and specifically to serve in an English school that they have there for Brazilian missionaries. So I want to reiterate this point that this was not just an English school for anyone. Um, it wasn't for anyone who wants to learn English or for children to come and learn, although that's good. That's good when missionaries do that. But this was something more specific. This was an English school specifically made for Brazilians who are already missionaries, and they need English to fulfill their missionary calling. So they come to this school because English for them is like a missing puzzle piece that they need, right, to, to finish the puzzle that God has given them to complete. Or English for them is like a key. It's like a key that they need to open up door the door to a nation or to nations to which God is calling them. Or it's like a tool that they need to use to complete the task that God has given to them. So the purpose of this school was to take these Brazilian missionaries and to train them and to teach them English.
and in doing so to move them forward into God's will for their life. My microphone go out? Hmm. No, but the internet. No, they oh, won't yeah, hear it's you. true. Check, check. Okay. So, yeah, as I was saying, this is specifically a school for Brazilian missionaries who are already missionaries, but they need English because God is calling them to maybe an English-speaking nation, or uh, they want to do some work with English speakers, uh, and they need English in order to complete what God has called them to do. And our job is to give them English and in doing so to move them forward in their God-given calling. Uh, And so I told you I was going to serve in this school where Brazilian missionaries would come and learn English, and that's exactly what happened. That's exactly what what we did. We actually had two levels to the school. Uh, We had a total of about 10 students. Not all of them completed both levels. Um, Some of them went in and out, but the majority of them did. And most of them came there with almost no English, like even were struggling to say, hello, how are you in English? But by the end, we were having full-on conversations, sometimes deep topics. They could pray in English. They could tell Bible stories, share their testimonies in English. And in the second level of the school, which was a little more of the advanced level, All the students were required to preach at least one time in English, uh, which they all did, which is quite amazing for people who have only been studying and and learning English for like four or five months at that point. Um, I wouldn't, I've been speaking Portuguese for longer than that, and I wouldn't want to attempt or have to try to preach in Portuguese. I wouldn't be able to do it. So it's quite amazing the progress that they made. It was really great to see And in general, I just want to tell you, and I'm happy to report, that the main purpose and goal of this time, it was a success. These missionaries came, they were trained, they learned English, and now, even now, this year, some of them are already going out to the nations, which I'll tell you a little more in detail about that later. I want to show you just a few pictures of the mission base where we lived and worked, just so you get an idea. Of, uh, of what it was like. Everyone can see that, right? So we were on a, a big property. It was almost like, it was pretty rural. There was a little town around there, but it was almost like being on a farm. This was the entrance to the property. Uh, we had a little pond there. Um, these buildings in the back, that's where the English school and was and where we lived. Just more of the property, Uh, that white building back there was more housing. They had a a soccer field there to the left. Brazilians love soccer. And next to that, we had our our cafeteria and other meeting places. This was just more of the grounds on on where we lived. Um, Some of the buildings in the back there were where people lived. There's an office. And if you see the building in the far uh, back corner there, with I think it's the the flag of, of England there on it. They had like an American flag and different flags of, of different English-speaking nations painted on the building, but that was our English school building. Just more of the grounds there. 
The sunsets were, were really beautiful also. There was like fiery looking sky um, and the sun rises as well. If you saw it just at the right time, it looked like this. And this was our classroom. This was, uh, I think that we had a, probably the most students at this point. Um, it was pretty basic, but they did have, you know, a whiteboard and projector so we could show video, play music, all those things. Okay, I'll go to that in a minute. So yeah, we we lived, we all lived together, we all worked together, studied together. Um, YWAM is sort of does this community living type thing, um, but just is just to give you an idea a little bit about about what it was like there, and just so that you can see some visual. So again, I'm happy to tell you the school was a success, um, and I also told you that. There was two phases to this school. If you remember, uh, YWAM does that with all of their schools. They have a theoretical or a classroom phase in the beginning, and then usually they have a practical phase where you do some kind of outreach or ministry work together. And I told you that in the first phase, the students would spend time in class each day learning things like grammar, vocabulary, sentence structure, and they would also spend time doing different activities to practice their English, like fun things, playing games, having conversations in English, watching movies in English, cooking in English. And we did all of those things, and it was a really good time. They had classes from 8 in the morning till 5 at night, Monday to Friday, so it was a pretty intense type of school. Um, the mornings were more of the traditional classes, and the afternoons were more of the relaxed and fun type classes, like we had music class, a Bible class, culture class, prayer. And on Friday afternoons, we would usually do something fun, like we would play games in English or have a picnic in English. And this is just the picture of us having a picnic we had, a, like I said, a lot of land out there, so we would make some coffee, some cakes, some popcorn, uh, bring a blanket and go out there and just have a picnic. And the goal was to kind of practice English in a relaxed and kind of a casual and fun environment. Now, they did drift into Portuguese a lot, but we would have to reel them back into English. Um, but that helped because my Portuguese isn't so good. So I would have to make them speak in English sometimes. We also played games. They really liked the game of life. I don't know if you guys ever played the game of life. I only played like once or twice, but they asked me to bring uh, the game of life with me. And it's really good for them because the goal of the game of life is to get to retirement. And you go through all the sta like stages of life, like you go to college, you get a career, you have a family, uh, you make investments, all that, start a business. So it was good for them because they get to learn and practice different vocabulary from these different topics. So this is a, just a little video of one of our students who was really excited about this game. And I asked her, I said, just show me, show me, what do you have in this, oh, yeah. in this game? I'm a chef. She's a chef. chef. And I have 
Dream Villa. Many Mones. And I am a businesswoman. And you invested. Yeah. Oh, you invest in your own business. Yeah. Yes. I win now. No. <laughs> yeah. I so she, so yeah, Brazilians are really fun. They love games and they get really competitive and really into it. So it was very fun, you know, playing, playing the games with them. They love competition and it's, it's actually a really effective way um, for them to learn. They're very creative. Uh, maybe more so than the way we learn. Sometimes we learn through, like, drilling ourselves and, and doing exercises. But creative ways of learning works really well for them. Um, so we had a good time with that. Well, I'll get to that. I'll tell you what that is in a moment. So that's what we did uh, in, the first, in the first phase of the school. And uh, as part of that, in addition to that, the the students were actually required to do some ministry and get some practical experience in ministry. So now uh, this YWAM base, so this was uh, bigger than just the English school. So this YWAM base had several different ministries that were part of it. English school was just one of them. They have other trainings uh, for missionaries, but they also have a couple of things like they have a children's ministry there called Acts of Love, where the children from the community come uh, during the day. They have food. They do different activities, learn about Jesus. And uh, they also have a Christian men's recovery house uh, where men of addiction can come there and live and get help and find freedom from addiction. So during the second level of the school, the students were actually required to go and participate in these ministries every Thursday. And part of what they did, I thought it was a great plan, was they had our students teach some basic English to the kids and to the men in the recovery house and then do a little devotional with them. So that was a great and a fruitful time as well. I always went to the recovery house because in the second level of the school, the students were all girls, so they always needed a guy to accompany them there. But I also really enjoyed that ministry, and it was a blessing uh, to be able to pour into that as well. I told you also that my role there was, was going to be somebody who was a native English speaker that they could practice with, and, and maybe I would teach a few of the classes. But what ended up happening was... Uh, I guess they just had a greater need for teachers. I ended up teaching five different classes. I taught the music class, a Bible class, a culture class. I taught a pronunciation class. And uh, another class that uses this method called TPR. Now, TPR is, was a new type of method which the school hadn't used before. So I was actually able to pioneer and bring in this new type of of learning method and new type of class into the school. And if you don't know, TPR stands for total physical response, and it's basically a way where the students use their body and physical actions to learn words and commands and to learn verbs. So you may have seen this in my second newsletter. I sent a, a video of this. So I would say the word eat, and they would have to physically eat something or pretend they're eating or drink, and they would have to drink. 
But it's a great, it's a very simple method, but I think it's a very effective method. And it was something that God gave me this, this opportunity to kind of contribute this new thing to the school. In addition to all this, we had two major events that happened at this mission base during my time there. We had a large missions conference called the Go Conference. And this is a picture of um, not all of the people, but a big group of the people who came to the Go Conference. It was a special conference for missionaries, uh, which our base hosted. We had people from five different YWAM bases come. Supposedly, there was about 100 to like 150 people that came. So it was a lot of work for us, but it was very fruitful. And the special thing about this conference is the man who brought YWAM to Brazil was actually there personally. His name is Jim Steyer. He came there personally, and he taught us every morning uh, in the morning sessions. And we actually, as the English school, we had the opportunity to have a special tea time with him and speak to him in English. So he is from California, so obviously a native English speaker. Um, but he's been a missionary for like 40 or 42 years, I think, uh, since he was a really young man. So he had a lot of wisdom to impart to us, um, and he was a great encouragement to us, and it was just a, a really special time that they had and we had to get to know him. We also had an English camp where a team of Americans from a ministry called Teach Beyond came uh, to our base, and they hosted this four- or five-day intensive English training camp. So this English camp was not just for our students. We opened it up to all the other missionaries on base and to the community. So we had a lot of other people join us, and this team was great. Like I, I learned so much from them just watching them, how they taught English. They brought so many great, like, fun activities for us to do. I think I have a picture of one of them. Yeah, they brought archery there. They did sports with us, um, all kinds of things. It was really great for our students, and it was able to also, like, encourage and make a contribution to people from other churches and our community and the other missionaries on base. So many, many things were done in this time. Uh, we accomplished this training, giving English to these missionaries. They were given a tool that will help them to succeed and move forward in their mission. Children and those in addiction were ministered to while the students gained practical ministry experience. A new method was brought into the school, which I hope will continue on in the future. A missions conference was hosted that encouraged about 150 missionaries, and the English camp reached others outside of our school and was also a great time for our students to grow and to learn from others. So this was overall a very fruitful time. I also want to tell you some of the things that we were able to do with the finances that you guys gave. Um, because you all gave so generously, and I know you gave, I think, mainly so that my expenses would be covered, that I would be well supported so that I could do this work. And that happened. My, I was well provided for, which was a blessing. It enabled me to just do the work of ministry, focus on these tasks, teach English, uh, without having to worry about my basic needs or not having it, uh, enough. God provided generously through all of you. So thank you. Thank you so much.
But in addition to that, you guys gave so generously, like I didn't even know what to do with all this money. No, I'm just kidding. That wasn't that much. But I knew what to do with it. But seriously, you gave really so generously um, that I was able to, we were able actually to contribute to other things and other needs uh, that were part of the base and the English school and all kinds of things. So the main, one of the major things where they needed help, which, by the way, this, there was many things in this English school, the physically, the building, um, and many things about the base that really need help. And this was a time where I think they were, were struggling a bit with finances. So the English school building itself uh, had a lot of needs. The most major need was the roof. The roof had a major leak. And every time it would rain, it would leak so much that it was actually damaging other parts of the building. Like it would come down the walls. The walls were getting wet and ruined. Uh, it was messing up the electrical. So it was a big problem. Um, I have a, like, a little video. Oh, that was when they prayed over me before I left. forgot to say that. But there's a little picture of kind of uh, the rain would come in. And as you can see, we had a nice little setup there that said welcome, and we had pictures of all the students there that got kind of ruined by the rain. And we would have to come in some mornings, and the floor would just be flooded. So if a little video, we would have to sweep out the floor every morning. So that's just to give you a little idea um, of it would get flooded in there, and it was really a, it was really a problem. Um, but they really didn't have enough money to repair it. I remember one of the first days I was there. Actually, uh, we didn't know about the leak. At least the the new people and the students. So one of the students left her backpack with her laptop in it right under where the leak came, and it got soaking wet. I think the laptop survived, thankfully, but again, it was it was a big issue. Uh, it was a big battle for them, um, but you guys gave so generously that at the end of my time, we were able to actually make a significant contribution to get the roof repaired. So they were actually able to repair the roof, uh, as they started the work, they found out that some of the, st the structural parts of, like, I guess the trusses or whatever holds the roof together uh, needed to be replaced. It was like a major repair, but they were able to do it. Um, the ceiling also, we had, like, these plastic kind of ceiling. They weren't tiles, but, like, this plastic ceiling beams or whatever. Those were all falling in, all in disrepair, so they were able to repair the roof, able to put in a new ceiling, repair the electrical, put in new lighting, and I think now they're actually, they, they should be now because the school is over, uh, painting the entire interior of the building and putting in some new um, fans because it gets pretty hot in there. So that's a big praise report. In addition to that, um, I was also able to get some necessary supplies that were needed for, for teaching, like even the markers to write on the board were fading out or weren't or not working. So they worked in the beginning, but 
after a few weeks, I was writing, and it was like, and then you couldn't even see the board, and so it was hard to like, it was hard to teach with that. Um, I was able to get a new speaker for the classroom, which was was a big deal because we would use a lot of a lot of audio, a lot of videos um, to teach with. And when you're learning another language, you you need to be able to hear properly. You're training your ear. But the speaker we had, like it was so quiet, you couldn't hear. It would distort sometimes. Um, so those kind of things were really a big deal. And because of your generosity, I was able to get those, which helped the school to be better, um, which helped the classes to be better, helped me to, to teach better, helped them to learn better. And those things will last and stay beyond this English school next year and the years beyond They'll get to continue to keep those. I was also able to contribute and pay for some outings for the students, um, which really they, they kind of needed. You know, it's a pretty intense and stressful school. We're on base all the time. Um, living in community can be a little stressful, too. But, like, for example, one day, uh, I was able for one of my classes to take them to a really nice coffee shop, and we got a chance to to just speak English there, have conversation, play some games in a relaxed environment, and, and it's good to get out of the classroom and use the language out of the classroom in a real-world environment. It was a very enjoyable time, and I think it really relieved some stress for them. So that was at the coffee shop. I was trying to get some pictures of the cakes and coffees, but I didn't have any. But it was a great time. So this was overall a very fruitful time. Many things were accomplished for the kingdom of God. Now I want to mention one more thing, and then I want to share just a couple of personal testimonies. So I also told you back in January that we would do a, a practical phase where we would do an outreach to somewhere like Germany or go to some other English-speaking nation. Now, unfortunately, we were not able to do that because mainly because we didn't have enough staff to lead a team uh, on that kind of trip. So that was, uh, unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. But because we were not actually able to go to a place like that, it made it more necessary for us to speak English at the base and during our daily activities more so that they can get practice and practical experience with the language. And this ended up being one of the major ways that God kind of used my weakness to accomplish his will. I'm going to explain this as I share some of these testimonies, some of these stories. But before I do, let me read you this scripture. It's from 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Verse 9 and 10. Uh, this is uh, God's response to Paul's prayer. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And God has this, this special way of, of using our weaknesses to accomplish His will. And I think 
when that happens, when we are weak, but yet something amazing for the kingdom of God is done, like he does that so we know that it's his power. So we know that it's his strength. So we know that it's him who is doing these things and so that he receives the glory. I want to give you a, a couple personal stories of, of how God used my weaknesses in Brazil to touch the lives of the students. So the first student I want to tell you about is Giovanna. She was the one playing the, the game in the video. She's the one all the way to the right in this picture. And I actually first just want to give you an idea of, of the kind of students we had in the school. So I want to tell you a little about her. So one day I was, I was talking to her and I asked her, Giovanna, what is, what is like your calling from God? You know, do you feel like God is sending you to a certain country or, or something like that? And she told me, she said, I don't, I don't know if I have any specific country or place, but she said, my call is to reach the most unreached people groups, like people who have never heard of Jesus before or people who don't have a Christian church or even a Christian among them. And there are actually, if you don't know, there's really groups of people like this that still exist in Brazil, some parts of the Amazon uh, and some other parts of Brazil. There are literally tribes living in Brazil who don't even, they're so isolated, they don't even speak Portuguese, which is the language of Brazil. They have their own language, their own people, and they've never heard about Jesus. They don't have one Christian among them. And so Giovanna has a call to reach people like this. And for her, for Giovanna, this isn't just a dream. She's actually already doing this. She's already done work among indigenous tribes in South America. And in fact, as, uh, as I was preparing this, this message, I sent her a message and I asked her, I said, Giovanna, I'm going to talk about you uh, to my church. Is that okay? And she sent me back a message and she said, oh, yeah, yeah, that's great, you know, but I can't talk right now. I have to send you a message because I'm on my way to a tribe and I'm not going to have phone service there. So literally, as we speak, she is reaching the unreached. So these are not like... These are not like fly-by-nights. They're not like just young kids with a dream. Like they're real missionaries who are already doing these amazing things. And so she was talking about this, and she was in this conversation. She was telling me, you know, I really like want to reach people who don't know Jesus. And she starts crying, like almost weeping. And she's crying, and she's like, I, I can't believe like there's people in this world that don't even know Jesus. Just the thought of that is so sad, and she's crying and weeping over these people who have never heard of Jesus. And I thought, wow, like, when's the last time I wept over the fact that people don't know Jesus? You know, when's the last time we've, we've wept for people who have never heard his name? But this is the kind of students that we had in this school. This is the kind of people that God gave us as a church the privilege to invest in and to help people like her go forward in, in her calling. So I think we should rejoice in that, we should be happy and praise God for that. So that's a little about Giovanna. I want to tell you about one of my weaknesses uh, in Brazil. One of the biggest difficulties that I had was my lack of proficiency in the language of Brazil, which if you don't know is Portuguese, speak Portuguese in Brazil. Not Spanish, Portuguese. Um, and a few years ago, I spent 
a few months in a Portuguese school in Brazil. I've learned a lot of Portuguese. I can speak a little. I practice. I really try hard, but honestly, my Portuguese just isn't so good. And I feel like it, it should be better, but it's just, it's just not where, where I wish it was. And this makes it difficult. It makes it difficult to live in Brazil, uh, to have conversations, to even get around and do some basic things. But more, more than that, it really makes it difficult to build relationships and to have deep friendships with people in Brazil, which honestly can make it pretty lonely there as a foreigner. Sometimes I felt very isolated um, and just alone, far from you guys, missing my church, missing my family, missing my friends. And it also means that when I go to a church service or a Bible study or or meeting like that, I, I usually don't understand most of what's being said. So it's really difficult to participate um, to and to get encouragement and edification, which is something you really need when you're on the mission field. So I'm feeling all this far from home, lonely, missing my church, and, and it's just quite difficult. But as I'm talking to Giovanna this, this same day, she told me, she said, Matt, I want to start translating everything for you. She said, when we have a service, a church service, or a Bible study, or whatever, she said, I want to start translating everything for you. And she said, I only want to talk to you in English. She said, don't talk to me in Portuguese anymore. Only talk to me in English. And she said, you know, God, like I was thinking about you, and God showed me this must be really hard for you, right? Like, it's hard for you to be a, in a place where you don't know anybody and you can't speak the language. And she said, God, show me you really don't have anyone here except us. And so she committed herself to translate everything for me. Like if because sometimes we would have a, a church service at our base. Sometimes we would go to a church or go out somewhere. She committed herself to translate everything for me and to speak with me only in English uh, to improve her own English, of course, but also to help me. And because she realized I needed a friend, and it's what God led her to do. And so this, my weakness, God used to accomplish this, this task of, and to help her to learn English because as we interacted more, and, and of course because I am not fluent in Portuguese, it actually forced her to have to speak English with me. And because I had trouble understanding sermons and things like that, it actually forced me to ask her, Giovanna, can you translate this for me? And so all of this speaking in English, all of this translating worked in her favor and helped her to excel in her language learning because she was constantly being forced to use her English. And it ended up working in my favor because I ended up building a friendship with her. I could understand things that were going on better. I could receive encouragement and edification through the sermon and, and things like that. And because I had someone to translate for me. So God took this, my, my weakness, my lack of Portuguese, and he worked it out to help her and to help me. And she really excelled a lot. Like I would say, out of everyone, she, she was one of the top of the class. I called her the shining star of the class. Um, and all of them had their strengths and, and different areas they need to work on, but she did really, really well. 
And this is not an encouragement to anyone to, to slack off in your language studies. And I'm not saying it doesn't matter what skills you have, but it's a testimony to God's grace and God's power to take something that was a problem that the enemy was using to hinder, to discourage me, and turn it into something that accomplished the very purpose for which he sent me, therefore, and blessed all of us. So this is a testimony to God's power and glory. Amen. So that's a little about Giovanna. There was another student. Unfortunately, Giovanna had to leave a little early. She couldn't finish the, the entire school. But after she left, um, I started thinking about the other students. I thought, you know what? You know what? Why don't I ask them maybe to translate for me? Or maybe, maybe they need a little extra help or extra practice. So I started thinking about some of the others. There was another student uh, named Belle. She's actually the one sitting behind Giovanna in this picture, in the glasses. And just to tell you a little about her, she's been a missionary with YWAM for eight years. She's done missions work in several different countries in Asia. And her long-term goal is to live in Asia full-time as a missionary. And so she came to this English school in order to learn English and to fulfill that that goal and that call from God. And she was doing pretty good, but I realized like she was one of the ones I hadn't really talked to so much. So I wanted to extend some help to her. And, uh, and one night, so I went to her and I said, hey, Belle, how's your English going? You know, tell me, how, how do you feel about your progress in English? And she opened up to me um, and she shared actually uh, more than I expected, some frustrations and some difficulties she was having. And she said, you know, I really don't get a chance to practice English outside of the class. I said, well, that's perfect because I need help. If my Portuguese is not so good, you know, and I need help, somebody to translate for me or somebody to help me. And, and at the time, this was toward the end of the school. Um, and I wanted to go get some gifts to bring back to you all. And because, again, of my lack of Portuguese, I wasn't so comfortable to go out by myself. Sometimes I need translation. I don't, I'm not so comfortable to travel. So I said, Belle, why don't you help me? I said, I need to get some gifts. Why don't you go with me? And you can help me. You can translate for me. And we can speak English the whole time. It'll give you a chance to practice. So that's what we did. I, me and myself, her, and a few other friends, we spent a couple weekends going out. Of course, the girls like to go shopping, so she liked that too. And, um, and by the way, if you got one of those, like, special hand cream from Brazil, that was Belle's idea. Yeah. You love it? Yeah. They're nice, right? Yeah. So she gave me that idea. And so we got to practice and help one another. And uh, we also committed to practice English every night of the week along with one of the other students. So the three of us would get together at night and we would do a play a game or talk or do something in English. And she told me at the end of the school, she said, she said, you know, before, like at the beginning of the school, English was just a language that I had to learn. But it was only after, after that point that she said she really got a passion for English. And she began to love English. And now she said, like, something changed by the end of the school. And now she loves the language. So once again, God used weakness for his purpose and glory. 
So we're going a little long on time. I could tell you many other stories. I think I do have a personal story that I could share about each one of the students, how God used me to impact their lives and vice versa. So if you want to hear more, uh, ask me after. You know, we can talk after. We can get a coffee. I can share more. But I want to share those few with you to know that, that in general, we had a great pri privilege by God to accomplish this great work, which is going to bear fruit, much fruit for his kingdom, as these missionaries now go out and use their English to accomplish his will. And God gave us the opportunity to personally touch each of their lives. And God did it through weakness. God uses our weaknesses, which means if he used my weakness, he can use any of yours too. And I want you to be encouraged by that because maybe you think like, oh, I could never do missions or I could never do this, this thing that God is calling me to do. Or you might think like, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. I don't know enough of the Bible. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too middle-aged. I don't have enough experience. Uh, whatever the thing might be, but know that God uses weaknesses. God uses flawed and broken people so that that means that he can use you as you rely on him. And as he does that and accomplishes great things through weak and broken vessels, he receives the glory for what was accomplished, just like in the case of what happened in Brazil. And I want to tell you that each one of these students in Brazil was very special. Each one has a strong calling. God has a strong calling on their lives, and they're going to bear a lot of fruit for the kingdom of God in many, many different places in the world. And God used us together to touch their lives and to give them a tool, a key, a piece of the puzzle that's going to help them to move forward in their calling and to accomplish what God has, has given them to do. He didn't just use me, but he used us together to do this. And I believe one day, Freedom Church, we will see, we will see the, the fruit of this. Um, and we're going to see all that God does. It may not be in this life, but we're going to see how God used Freedom Church to touch the nations of the world. And in all this, we should rejoice and praise and glorify God. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let give you one last. This is the graduation photos. Uh, from This is the first level graduation. I just want to end and tell you what each of the students is going to be doing now. So Giovanna, who I told you about, as I said, she's already, she's already working among the unreached in Brazil. And later this year, she's going to be teaching and translating at a bilingual Bible school in Brazil, English and Portuguese. So she's going to use her English there and continue to reach the unreached in Brazil and maybe beyond, as God calls her. Another student, the one all the way to the far left, her name is Alice. And this year, she will go to London, where she will live for two years, uh, where she will be staff at a discipleship school in both English and Portuguese for missionaries there. Then after the school, she's going to receive training uh, in, in multimedia and using multimedia to reach people for Jesus, which she's then going to take to live and do missions work in Asia. Another one of our students, she's in the middle uh, front bending down. Her name is Joe. And this year, this year, she's going to a country in Central Asia 
Uh, and I cannot even mention the name of this country because there's real danger and persecution for where she's going. But it's a very, very uh, unreached country that she's going to be going to and doing work in there, and her English is going to help her there. Um, the, guy, the guy all the way on the left, his name is Paulo. He's now working and studying at an international mission base in Brazil. So his English is helping him greatly there. He contacted me recently, and he said, Matt, he was excited. He said, Matt, I got to translate for one of the church services. And he said, my English is helping me so much here. There's people from the United States. There's people from India. And I get to speak English with them all day, and, and I'm able to talk to them because of English. Um, so he's there now. His English is helping him, and his long-term desire is to serve in Germany and possibly Afghanistan. Uh, the other guy on the right who's holding the, the diploma standing up, his name is Honji. Recently, he was working in Mexico in an orphanage there, and I was surprised, but he said his English even helped him there. He was able to use it there. Um, but he learned English so that he can uh, teach this method of Bible memorization called Word by Heart um, in places like Nigeria was one of the countries uh, that he has on his heart to, to teach, and they speak English there. Andre, the guy bending, bending down in the front on the right, um, is going to Cambodia this year, where he will live and stay as a long-term missionary. Um, Belle, of course, I told you about her, her long-term uh, call is to go to Southeast Asia. Uh, her first stop is Nepal, where English is going to help her to communicate and eventually to learn the local language in Nepalese. For the others, uh, now they're staying actually at the same YWAM base in Brazil and doing work there, but also English is going to help them in their long-term goals and calling. So English is going to help all of these people reach the world for Jesus. Isn't that encouraging? Yeah? Are you glad we're able to be a part of it? Yeah. Amen. So we praise God. Thank you, God, for this. And I just want to say thank you. Like, thank you all. You supported me so well. Um, some of the other missionaries were actually blown away by the amount of support that I received, not just financially, but the fact that you guys would call me, pray for me, encourage me. So thank you. Thank you so much. And I want to encourage you to continue to be involved in missions. We have Brett now in Egypt. Amazing things are happening there. I actually can't even believe what's happening there. Uh, but many people are already receiving Jesus Christ, and they're about to do a, a, a large event. Possibly thousands of people will come, hear the gospel message, and receive Christ. And this is in a place where Christianity, I think, is, is pretty well in the decline. Um, so it's really amazing. But thank you all uh, again. And please leave here encouraged and praising God. Amen? Amen. So let me pray for you. I thank you, God, for Freedom Church. I thank you, God, for all that you've, you've used them to do in my life. Pastor Joe, Liz, um, all the people who gave so generously, all the people who in, send encouraging words like Theron and Brian and uh, everyone, God, who just supported me in this time, but really they were supporting and, and working for you, God. And I thank you so much for the privilege of being able to be involved in the lives of these students. 
We pray that you would receive all the glory, God, that you would continue to work in their lives, that you would continue to provide for them, continue to move them forward and bear much fruit through their lives all over the nations of the world, God. So we thank you for all of this. We give you all the glory for all that was accomplished. May your name be honored. We cast our crowns at your feet, and we just say thank you, God. We honor you, we love you, and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. See, you're involved in all of this, you know. Sorry. Yeah, you're involved in all of this. You know, you didn't literally go, but you did go by supporting the mission. And not only that, I love this. I've never seen this before. I've been discipled in, in a Christian Missionary Alliance church when I first got saved, which was heavy in missions. And I've never seen a ministry kind of like what Matt just did. It was always missionaries coming in and reporting and going out. But Matt is, was more called to the administration part. You know, he didn't go out and really, I'm, I'm sure they did. They went talk, talking to people about Jesus. But he didn't go out to preach the gospel like bread over in Egypt right now. He went to teach, you know, these 10, 20 people or whatever it was, he went them to teach them English so that they can all go out, all 20 of them, and they can go, all, all of them can go out and preach the gospel. So not only did he, was he just one person, he'd become 20 people. Amen. You know, so we touched a lot of the world through that. Well, and, 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 it's, and that's one thing I'm, I'm blessed with this little church. You know, we have a heart for missions. And you got bread over in Brazil, you know, over in Africa, or not Africa, Egypt. But let me tell you, um, Matt, Matt mentioned YWAM. So if you don't know, it stands for Youth with a Mission. And their mission is to preach the gospel in all parts of the world. And Brett's over in Egypt. Well, he's part of this church, but he's with CFAN, which is Christ for All Nations. Christ for All Nations, which is based out of Texas. So, uh, you know, uh, we got a lot going on here in this little church. You know, and I'm, 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 I thank God for that. And while we are honored to serve God, to have God be all the glory. I'm sure Matt will tell you that. I'll tell you that. And everybody in here that I know could tell you the same thing. We didn't do much. We were lost sinners, and Jesus saved us, and we're just doing our part which was included in the Lord's Prayer. Let thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're part of that. So God be the glory. Father God, we thank you and praise you in Jesus' holy name. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts. May our hearts be in awe of you as we leave this place today and glorify your holy name. And to you be the glory, Father, in Jesus' name and by the power of your Holy Spirit. Amen and amen. God bless you, church. I love you all. There's some coffee in the back, I believe, if you want to stick around.